Welcome to the Chaotic Goodness Podcast. I'm Kim, your host, and I play Flossie Lee. I have this little bucket and it has all of my little things that I like to use and it has a little ducky and a loofah. This is Chad, RGM. He plays Gideon Nyko and Wade. Could you please turn off these laser grids right now? This is Christy. She plays Rin Hudson. Oh, I, I told him I loved him. Here's James. He plays Hentog. This is literally the worst shit I've ever seen in my life. And Steve, who plays Dr. Arthur Ezekiel III. Please don't let me get shot by pirates today. Hey, my name is VJ. I use they, them, and she, her pronouns. I am the storyteller for Hedged in a Changeling Story. You can find me on Twitter at NWFairy. And I'm super excited to be here. So we're picking up again with uh, Jesse and Flossie walking onto the docking bay where the irritated badger is, where Dr. Ezekiel is pacing, wondering where they're at, and Hental is screwing with Rin's head for some reason. How am I screwing with Rin's head? You're telling her she needs to relax. She's constitutionally incapable of that. I'm using my teaching skill. <laughs> it's about time. You'll about teach me. it. She'll intimidate it. Imitate. And golden. So Jesse, hand in hand with Flossie, had just entered the irritated badger with their, uh, with her communicator full of uh, old case files that, um, full of old case files that were off the books specifically. Uh, uh, and a bunch of them related to Megatry, uh, and that the uh, McIntyre group was possibly tracking them uh, through the through the communicator, through the information that uh, her old partner, Detective uh, Wolfenstein, had sent. And so, Zeke, you see this. How do you greet them? I will point randomly and go, Jesse? Because I've never actually met her. And he points to Flossie. You are so close. What's your name? Uh, Arthur Ezekiel III. Dr. Arthur Ezekiel III. Zeke, nice to meet you. Dr. Ezekiel will do. Sure. And and you are? My name's Flossie. And you're doing what here now? I'm with Jesse. Jesse? So Jesse had during this interaction had turned and was uh rolling a perception check on the spaceport. <gasps> Literal dice uh, tray in hand and dice going, do I see that? <laughs> <laughs> it's hey <laughs> sometimes like It's good detective ring there. <laughs> All right, so you're rolling. You want to roll perception for what now? Uh, to make sure that like they're not being followed by uh, the McIntyre group, or if they are, where they are before they uh, ambush us here on this ship. All right, what do you roll? <laughs> 
<laughs> That's great. So 1923. You you get no indication that you are being followed right now. Uh so once uh once once then Jesse has Is she an ally of- within 30 feet of me? <laughs> She's not an ally yet. You just met her. She's a paying customer, which is close enough. She, she is paying, right? You don't. I don't know yet. She might be calling in a favor. Zeke wouldn't bring anyone on the ship that's not paying. Uh, Jesse, there's there's an artful eyebrow arch, sort of like above her sunglasses. Like you can kind of see, like because she has the baseball cap and sunglasses on at that comment. Um, she goes, uh. Dr. Ezekiel, um, this is Flossie. I'm Jesse, your contact. Okay. Uh, and Jesse shakes your hand, and it's like it's a it's a it's a firm like handshake. Like there's there's a there's a little bit of gumption to it. Excellent. I like a good solid hand. You can trust a person with a good solid handshake. Hand tall. This per- Jesse has a good solid handshake. We can trust her. <laughs> This is why we don't let you people, Zeke. <laughs> you shake her hand and tell me that she's untrustworthy. I don't judge a person on the quality of their handshake. Just shake her hand. Hi. Person with a good handshake. This is about our pilot, Hental. Jesse Afria. And uh, uh, Jesse will shake Hental's hand as well. It's very limp and awkward. What, your handshake, Hental? Yeah. Okay. Hental, what are we doing? Why am I shaking it? This so, touching people? Gross. Hental is very limp and awkward. <laughs> yeah. For the moment. Hashtag the name of his sex tape. <laughs> oh! Oh! Well played. Well played. All right. So, Zeke, you met your contact. Uh, your contact is probably going to need some help. Um, so we're headed to. <laughs> it was uh, B fifty two. No, that's where we're. B fifty nine. B fifty nine. No. No, that's where we're. Pondaco. Okay. Pondaco. Pondaco. Um, we can get you as far as B fifty nine for sure. There's, there's a moment where Jesse sort of looks at Flossie, and Flossie looks at Jesse, and like. In their telepathic bond, Jesse goes, I think you need to go with them. I think so, too. I think it'll work out. There's, there's, the, I, I think, I think there's a moment where, like, the two of them sort of do, like, sort of that nose touch, like, thing. Um, and then Jesse looks at Zeke and goes, I'm going to need you to take with you. No, you know what we need to do? We need to bring back... Okay, did any of you guys watch the TV show Alien Nation? Briefly. And I know that I've seen the movie at least once, but I cannot remember the plot of it. Okay, so, they were these aliens called the Tanktonese, and they crash-landed on Earth, and they kind of became sort of slaves, but not slaves. Anyway, so, um, they would touch the knuckles of their hand against the temple of the other Tanktonese person. This is the spotted and that was head how they people, right? Love. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and that was how they showed love. So I'm going to add that, um, except with an open hand, like a touching of the temple 
to not, the Elitzi. Not an Eskimo kiss? No, it'll be fingertips on the temple. So that's how Elitzi, yeah, the species, they, shows they love as they, they touch each other, the, the sides of each other's heads. Okay, sure. It's very touching. Literally. Ah. <laughs> oh, still got it. No. <laughs> Okay, so Zeke and Hintal, uh, I guess you two are the only ones there. Rin is still carrying stuff into the ship. You just you see them like stare at each other and then touch each other's heads. Um, They're not saying anything. Right. So, so you're coming too, right, Jesse? Or I don't think that's a responsible way for me to handle this problem right now. I think that I need to work on figuring out what Wolfenstein had found both for figuring out you know what McIntyre group did to Wolfenstein and whether or not what he found was worth something to the uh, to Megatry but and uh, she looks at Flossie and then looks back at Zeke our personal mission takes us off planet, and I think that the two of us need to split up for now. And so I need you to take Flossie with you. Okay. Um, 5,000 credits. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, not, not to be disparaging. I know you, but Flossie looks like... She would be knocked over by a, a stiff breeze or a hard sneeze. Also, she looks like she's fucking 12. I'm glad to do you a favor, and if you have anything that needs to get off planet... The favor is the steep discount. I charge 15 grand to haul her around. Right. What the pilot just said. The pilot. That is Mr. Tall to you, so, sir. Like, so, like, Jesse Jesse sort of puts, a like, a hand in Hental's face. Ooh. And just, like, is, like, it's just, like, it's, like, I'm not talking to you. Like, this is, this is between Zeke I'm going to duck under her hand and stand between her and Zeke. Listen, one of us does the whole med, tri-med, fuckhead deals. I'm the people person. We make business deals with me. So... Um, if you want your favor to be called in, that's cool. We'll haul you around. You have a chip to cash. The the midget with red hair doesn't. Um, so that's going to cost, but we'll give you a discount. Oh, so, uh, Jesse, right now, Hental is pointing a finger in this rugged ex-cop's face. How does she react to this? I did not say I was pointing a finger in her face. At the, at the red-headed midget beside her? Yeah, not in the face. That is Plus, you pointed a torso level. Okay, so Hental's gesturing and pointing. How does Jesse react Jesse's, to this? Jesse is like as is a calm cucumber. Like she is not at all intimidated by Hental. I never like, tried whatsoever. to roll an intimidation check. <laughs> well, like she's just like like not even. She's just she's just like okay. Um, so she is going to use uh, psychic interrogation. Oh. So I'm gonna need uh, Hental to make a sus uh, a mental defense roll. Uh, no, his oh, mental no, defense against, is a flat against, score against his mental defense. Yeah, his his mental defense is a flat score. Twenty one. Twenty one is his mental defense. Come at me, bro. 
I am not rolling diehard dice, and I rolled like three ones, and so you can you can use luck. This, uh, use luck. Use luck. Use good luck. luck. Good use luck. luck. <laughs> all right, all right. I will use luck since since this is probably going to be one of my last rolls tonight. Twenty-two. Damn. Oh. <laughs> So can I add luck to my resistance? No, dice. no, you can't. So. That is on seven dice. It's like twenty-two. It's just like it's this moment where like, like, it's like, because this is because uh, a lot of your resistance is from the uh, symbiote, right? Yes, actually. So there's this moment like where like the uh, the camera is like like. It kind of like grays out as uh, as as Jesse like just sees you in front of her and like both everything grays out except for Jesse and Hental and like she is fighting against her mental defense and goes oh Simbeo and like just there's like a like a like a camera tilt where everything like turns at a forty to five degree angle and she like bypasses the symbiote's defenses and that's what it looks like when she like manages to get through uh into Hental's brain just like by the skin of her teeth <laughs> she she digs deep hey how did you do that i want to get a lucky too. shot well wait, wait wait so so <laughs> you did psychic interrogation so what does that exploit do if you succeed so uh, success means that they must answer three yes or no questions truthfully. All right. What are your three questions for Hental? Decisions have consequences, BJ. Dig in. <laughs> are you actually concerned that Flossie is going to get you in trouble? I don't know her, so yes. Are you using this interaction to prove a point no and then there's sort of a, a grin uh and like this this mental landscape that is just uh just hental and 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 jesse in this moment uh as like gideon probably like walks out of the um out of the engine room are you interested in the engineer maybe <laughs> <laughs> What? It's a yes, yes or no, no question, asshole. And then, oh. like, and then, like, it goes like, and then it goes like, uh, and, like, and then, like, Jesse gets pushed out of your brain because, like, I only made it by one. It's I'm not okay with no. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What was the question? Nothing. 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 No. You're not there. I'm gonna hear the audio later. Later. Yes. <laughs> I don't have five thousand credits to take to have you take Flossy. If you could at least get us both off planet for now, we'll figure something out. Both? Yes, we can do that. And not stay on the ship? Bet. Let's go. We owe a favor to one of you, not both of you. Technically, Zeke owes a favor to me. Or We operate Zeke as one business entity. His favors are my favors. My favors are his favors. We're not married. We are married in the business sense, sir. Last I checked, I am 30% owner. You are 30% owner. And Megatry is 40% owner of this ship. Over over everybody's individual comms of the crew, Gideon comes on and says, I didn't know you two were married. We're not married. It's open. Don't worry. <laughs> But if we were, we would love and respect each other. 
as equals. <laughs> Until we got to the bedroom time. Telepathically, Jesse is like is like paying at Flossie. It's like, I think we have an in, but like we need to find dirt on these guys to to actually be able to keep you on the ship. Dirt? I like dirt. Let's find dirt. Okay. So you are allowing the two of them to take passage onto the ship for 5,000 credits? Yes, but they get the guest quarters. But the shitty ones. We're going to save the good ones for paying guests. Like, Jesse sort of shrugs. It's better than our apartment was at the spaceport. Yeah, so. probably. I mean, you do have you do have a spare uh, quarters that isn't being used. Yeah, so... Um, Flossie? Yes. You can go into this room here, and we'll put Jesse up, you know, a couple doors down and across the hall. Why? What do you mean, why? Why can't she share my room? Is the bed not big enough for two people? Are they only taking up one living space? Uh, that's what it sounds like. 4,000. 4,000. <laughs> Listen, I'm an asshole, but I'm a fair asshole. <laughs> Rin's gonna... Saunter up. <laughs> Hello, hired fist. How are you? Greetings. There's there's a moment where in the Jesse and the Jesse Flossie like telepathic connection of like, whoa, big muscles. Right. Whew. I <laughs> pushes up their sun uh, pushes up her sunglasses a little bit more. Pulls down her baseball cap. <laughs> are you ladies in trouble? Totally damsels. <laughs> are, are you? Are you in danger? Distress. Which is why we're only charging them four grand versus the normal thirty to transport Mr. people. Mr. Tall, we should just take them and not charge them. Everyone pays unless they owe a favor. This is no way to run a business. This isn't about business. They're in danger. The extra fuel cost is still going to come out of somebody's paycheck. The extra, we're going to this, we're going there anyway. Right, but right, now, but now we have more weight. Fuel because of their additional weight. She weighs what, two pounds? Every pound adds X amount of strain to the engines and then increases the use of fuel. Just ask, uh, that's just not entirely sure. s- true, sir. You have, to, you have to overcome inertia, true or false? Well,. Yeah, but the weight of a, a passenger or two is negligible compared to a star-faring vessel. I would, I would beg to differ. How much do we pay for fuel? Dollar per light year. I'll get rid of enough of my stuff that equals to how much they weigh. You hardly came on with any stuff already. Also, aren't we paying you? Why are you going to make decisions? Because I'm part of the crew. I mean, I could leave. Let's not get crazy. Well, I mean, we could get crazy, but not in that way. If you want me part of the ship, then... Hey, Ren, would you like to make an intimidation check? Sure. Okay. I'm going to grab your shirt okay. and lift you a little bit up. If you want me on the ship, we have to be nice people. She big, yum. Sorry, babe, I love you. <laughs> I rolled a 31. I just, I just started in gay. Rin's a little scary. Who did you hire, Zeke? <laughs> she looked well qualified. <laughs> I'm Look, not going to work trying, for bad people again. We're really, we, I promise, we're really trying not to cause 
too much of a scene. Like, what Wolfenstein found involves Megatry. Yes. Uh, Gideon comes on the communicators. Is like, uh, sir, is this a mutiny? No. Because I can I can start the anti personnel defenses. Shut no. up, Pat. We have. It's 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 yeah. fine. This is this this is a negotiating tactic. Uh, okay. This is business. They're, 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 we'll bring they're them on. The strength of their position right now. But you're paying is for that the what travel. You're calling it a position. Yeah. Out of your salary. No. Oh, okay. Plan B. <laughs> they'll they'll take care of the kitchen and public spaces for the duration of the trip. See? I take kitchen. She agreed to that a little too readily. I'm, but I'm sure I won't regret this decision. Crossing arms, pointing my left arm at you, holding me up on my right. And my right arm at you, staring at her, holding me up on my left. We're going to regret this. <laughs> but fuck it. I'm, I'm sure it'll be fine. Oh, yeah, I've heard that before. Listen, I remember a jaunt onto Spansterdam 3 where you said, don't worry, after last night you'll be fine, you have me some pills, and it was three weeks later that I had to deal with that shit. Spansterdam, never again with Dr. Zeke. But you're fine now. Yeah, three and a half months later. Two weeks into the- There was so much itching. Two weeks, B-59, they're off the ship, we never have to see their faces again. I trust Spamsterdam over B-59 any day. Fine. But fine. This is your call. We'll let the fucking midget in the Uber midget. Hey. Hey. That's what you Rude. sound like. Uh, hey. Sir, we're going to we're going to miss our window. How much time do we have? We got five minutes to uh, get off planet. Cool. I need here. three minutes to get off world. Yeah. Poorly. <laughs> Poorly? So are we... Oh, we're late. we're done. We're, all the cargo's loaded. Yes, I yes, did. sir. Mr. Talldown. And the uh, the cargo bots have been deactivated or shoveled back to their charging station. Yeah, they, they went uh, they went back to the rental area. Yes. Excellent. Um, and the cargo is properly secured, ratchet straps and. A- absolutely, all, all according to uh, Megatry specifications. Excellent, because I don't know if you've met Amandine yet, but she is a bitch. <laughs> no, I I've looking at some of uh, Wolfenstein's reports. I think he met her once. I haven't had the uh, joy yet. So uh, the opportunity. Yeah, we're good to go. Anytime you want to fire up the engines and oh, oh the okay. engines are spooling up right now. Good, Hental, take us off station and uh, get us to B fifty nine. The fuck did you just say? I told you to do your goddamn job. <laughs> what the hell is your problem? Listen here, medical specialist fuckhead. Get back in your goddamn med bed. Oh, wait, there's not one. I'm working on converting that one shuttle. Listen, extra. listen, I'm sick and tired of your bullshit uppity. I'm a doctor. I did school. You got it from an online university. You got your fucking medical degree online. Everybody gets every degree online. You didn't even have the common decency to use holographic interface for your surgical residency. So as this is going on, like Jesse is like like has gotten uh, flossy by one hand. It is like go. It's like we're skulking off. Like let's just 
Yeah, what? they're we just sneaking onto the ship go. at this point. Oh, very much so. Yes. I, I, I'm a ima- <laughs> I, I imagine a scene where everybody else gets on the ship, but Zeke and Hental are still arguing outside, and then the car, and then the cargo bay starts lifting up, and they have to scurry into the ship, or they'll be left behind. We roll in as the as the uh, edge of the the hole We're actually taps the our whole head, time. like it's nothing. Right. We roll down. This is your fault. Fine, it's my fault again. Get us to the next next destination. You know, if you were being controlled by some arbitrary player in a distant universe, but you existed completely on paper, and the chances of things succeeding were made up by dice, oh, there I was. Your person would be the worst at dice rolling. <laughs> All right, All right? that Ooh. is where you stand. So much editing. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> So, <laughs> I just walked off. <laughs> Head Tommy Anders up to the. Oh, you did. All right. So Hental goes up to the. Hental goes to the helm and work. just just stays there for a while. <laughs> Everybody. I don't know. Everybody uh, goes where they usually go on a ship, uh, except for you know Jesse and Flossie, obviously. You guys are in the cargo bay. The ship is taking off like a, a minute or two, and we're in space. Like You can feel the, the gravity shifting as the artificial gravity kicks on. Uh, what are the two of you doing? You're on a ship, and you're off-world. Um, All right, so you go to the unused uh, crew quarter, and it's, it's pretty bare. I mean, it's not being used other than like the standard furniture there's like a desk built into the wall and like a bed that i think the mattress is still in plastic wrap hmm. it's still wrapped in splastic i i think there's a moment where jesse is looking out of like one of the port windows and um there's like this this feeling of very of being very small um because jesse's just not used to being like in the black in in space um not as much as 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 flossy is um it's just a, it's a very weird sensation yeah flossy would be um after she set her stuff down um she would be testing all of the panels in the room to try to find um access points to get into the walls yeah, you find through one of the vents, uh, you have access to the air vents for whatever reason. That way we'll be able to hide things if we need to. Mm-hmm. She would go in and just start exploring and just, figuring out the yeah. ship. You were just small enough you can climb through the air ducting of the ship. Is Jessie going to follow or is she going to stay in the quarters? Uh, no, she'll follow. Like it's, it's, it's basically, I think this is something that the two of them have done before of the, like when, when they are in a new environment, the two of them through, this is an, this is necessary. This is something that has been an action uh, or a reaction that has been trained in them. Uh, Like things have been bad before, so they need to make sure they know their entrances and exits and like where the hidden spaces are. Um, Like this is something that Flossie has probably taught Jesse, but Jesse has been able to be like, Oh, well like 
this this piece over here this is part of surveillance equipment like 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 the the cop that the ex cop that is Jesse has um sort of been able to rub off a little bit on on the the roguish thief that is Flossie um and this is this is not something that is like that they wanted to learn it's a it's a it's a skill set that they needed to learn to survive so you crawl around in here and just from like a little bit of time of exploring uh there are like the ductwork is pretty extensive you can reach any point in the ship from here uh there's a lot of areas that you can use to to hide things uh and just the inside of the ship there's a lot of space in between the walls here that the rest of the, that the crew is probably not aware of. I mean, it's, it's pretty spacious actually. It's cozy. Yeah. Well, it's a little dusty. There's there's definitely, there's definitely a cuddly piece where the, like the two of them are like, like that's, that's definitely what just like Flossie said. Well, like, like Josie's all curled up next to her. Yeah. It is real cozy here, babe. And I, and then the the scene jumps to uh, uh, Gideon in the engine room, looking at some readouts on a console, and then from the air vent can hear like a loud, long sigh, and Gideon just kind of looks around, <laughs> and shrugs, and then goes back to what he was doing. We'll give Jesse an opportunity to do one cramped quarters roll with each member of the crew. Oh, that's cool. So we'll do that. So Jesse, if you could. What about the two of them, since- is new. No, 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 no. Flossie's gets to learn later. But mm-hmm. Jesse, uh, pick a member of the crew, not counting Flossie. No, and no, 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 no. Literally. Because I think they know each other inside and out. <laughs> also, literally. And and, and 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 not to mention, not to mention, I actually have an idea for like a last shot with with uh, Jesse and Flossie. Okay, we'll do that at the end, but. Okay, so pick a member of the crew and roll 2d6. I have the crew member. Okay. Uh, So it's a seven. And I think the first crew member I'm going to pick is Wade. Oh, shit. Bum, bum, bum. No, no one has. Nobody has. Nobody likes to talk to Wade. You insensitive pricks. <laughs> All right. Uh, wow. Okay. So you rolled a seven. So that means that Wade gets to learn something about you. So you. Okay. So you you are the cop. You are the hard boiled detective. How do you, first of all, how do you find out there's an AI on the ship and how do you interact with it? So I think this is um, so one of the one of the aspects of of having Jesse and Flossie on board is that they're helping out with chores. And um, I think Jesse accidentally like knocked something over um, and uh, and is and is searching for like the, the correct way to, to to get this cleaned up. Um when she she notices that like that like you can ask sort of uh sort of the the state the 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 ship's 
quote unquote virtual intelligence uh, certain questions. Um, oh, so I, I see. I so it's kind of like you you give it like a detective touring test. Okay. So you ask it a question and then based on its answer, you can tell it's intelligent. Yeah, it's, it's, it's something about the way that Wade responded sort of piqued Jesse's interest. Um, All right. So let's play that out then. Sorry to ask you about this, Wade, but where in the world is the cleaning supplies? I think Gideon keeps them in his corner. Oh, thank you, Wade. You are welcome. Uh, and uh, uh, Jesse, Jesse sort of heads over to uh, the, the quarters and goes, how, So how long have you been on the ship? I'm not sure what you mean. I am factory-issued. Because I'm the virtual intelligence on board the Irritated Badger. That's interesting, because normally, don't Wombat-class ships have, a, have an emu? Uh, VI system, not a Wade system? I'm sure I wouldn't know. I am just a virtual intelligence and I am not that sophisticated. No, really. I see. I see. So, like, Wade is supposed to learn something about Jesse, right? Yes. I mean, he could find out that you know what he is. I feel like, though, uh, it's, it's Jesse sort of putting it together. Um, but she wants to sort of offer up something in return, like to sort of give Wade uh, a feeling of she's not here to get him in trouble. I think so. Uh, Jesse, Jesse leans up against uh, uh, Gideon's uh, Gideon's quarter door. It's like, so Wade, do you mind um, letting me in so I can go ahead and grab those cleaning supplies? Sure thing. The door opens. Uh, and and there's a moment where Jesse stands in Gideon's room and like could like totally investigate it, but chooses not to instead. Uh, and goes, yeah, I. Uh, and and sort of says it out loud. It's like you know, I remember growing up with a whole bunch of family members. I don't want to go through Gideon's stuff. Um, can you tell me which which cabinet to go into so I don't uh invade his privacy yeah uh, he tells you it's in one of the he actually has like a, a storage area in the corner it's actually kind of like a, a big area in the room it just looks like it's a bunch of cleaning supplies and odds and ends that you can quickly grab and walk out of the quarters with you take good care of them don't you uh him him being uh jesse's insinuating that uh wade is taking care of gideon in this moment does not compute. Strange passenger person. Of course not. Thank you, Wade. Uh, and and Jesse's gonna exit from Gideon's room, and I guess probably go ahead and do the uh, the close quarters roll with Gideon with a handful of uh, cleaning supplies in one hand. Uh, so give me a roll. Six. Oh, hurt feelings and bad blood. <laughs> So, uh, Jesse just exited out of your personal quarters, um, 
<laughs> with a handful of uh, cleaning supplies. Right. So he, Gideon, sees you in the hallway. And says, uh, he sees you in the hallway and says, are, are you are you lost? Because those are my quarters. Uh, no, no, I'm not lost. Just, uh, just pulling, uh, pulling cleaning duty. I mean, you're, you're a cop. You've seen people look at you with distrust before. Oh yeah. Like there's definitely this interplay between, uh, Jesse and Gideon where, uh, there's like as much as she tries to, uh, not have that sort of stature, uh, she does definitely come off as, I was totally investigating your room, even though I wasn't. He eyes you suspiciously and says, so, uh, did you find what you were looking for, officer? Haven't been on the force for quite some time. Uh, and But yes, yes, I did. And uh, she holds, she holds up the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the handful of cleaning supplies. Um but it also sort of just sort of there's a bit of a snideness to her tone. Um, and, and in her head, she's trying to protect, you know, the knowledge that she knows that the, AI, that Wade is a, is an illegal AI, but like it's, it's coming off as a, uh, as a, as a cop. <laughs> and it's not good. It's, it's real bad. All right. And so Gideon respectfully, but still kind of irritated says, so, all right. How about we just leave the cleaning supplies in the galley so everybody can get to it? We don't want people wandering where they don't belong. Well, it's <laughs> where they don't belong. That's that's good to know, Mr. Nyko. And uh, she, she, she stalks off a little bit. Because uh, she's she's a little hurt by that too. It's like thanks. Uh, we're I'm running away from you know Megatri bullshit with my girlfriend on a ship that nobody wants. That's that's great. That's a great thing. And so as as Jesse walks off, Gideon lets out like a huge sigh and then hurries up to his room and checks on Wade. All right, uh, pick another member of the crew. All right, let's see. We've got uh, Rin, Zeke, and Hentel left, right? Yep. Okay. Let's do Hentel next. Oh, this will be great. Ten. Ten? Wow, you bond. <laughs> okay, I, I need to hear... both both fucked up pretty good proper. I, I, I need to hear <laughs> this. So, so Jesse, how... Would you and Hentai, Hental, Hentai, how would you and Hental bond? <laughs> how would you and Mr. Tall bond over the course of this journey? Mr. Tall. So I think one, uh, like, I think part of the bug out bag, because Flossie is who Flossie is, and uh, while Jesse's a little bit more straight laced, is, is, uh, is also a bit of a drinker herself. Um, she brings, uh, one of the, like, three containers of alcohol that the, that the two of them brought with us. Because she, she wants to, she, she, she realizes that she invaded some, 
Yeah, she realizes that she invaded Hentel's space to sort of uh, get into this into this situation. So she's she wants to she wants to sort of get him buttered up for the the eventual you know having having Flossie be part of the crew. Uh, so she's bringing a uh, a sort of a, a, a container of alcohol to sort of uh, help with the uh, social interaction that's going to happen. So I think at this point we actually see Jesse enter into the galley. <laughs> it's like I see I see James like circling his face. And so uh, so Jesse enters the galley of the of the irritated badger, and I think the viewer or listener would see that it is like devoid of all of the like kitsch and warmness that Flossie will bring to it in the future. But already already we could see like Betsy on the uh, at the at the corner uh, right next to the coffee pot. I glare at it with anger as I pour my coffee. Black, like my soul. Aw, oh, come on. It's pretty cute. Kind of like the gal I brought on board. So, sneaky people onto my ship, hmm? I mean, it's really... Like, if I was going to sneak somebody on the ship, you wouldn't know it. Think I wouldn't know it. Ow, that's hot. Uh, <laughs> he says as he tries to look stoic, drinking his fresh black coffee, and it burns his mouth a little bit. Uh, so um, uh, Jesse leans up against the uh, uh, leans up against the galley and uh, pulls out the flask that she's carrying and and pours a healthy amount into Hentel's coffee cup. Uh, after pulling down a a cup uh, for herself out of the cupboard and uh, and pouring into uh, pouring some from the flask into her own. Muy interesante, no? Si, muy, muy interesante, senor. That's Espanol for very interesting. Specifically, like, VJ's Spanish is not so great. <laughs> you had my curiosity, madam. Now you have my attention as I take a sip of my now Irish coffee. You're worried that Flossie's going to get you all in trouble. Yeah. I know that Flossie has... I know that Flossie brings an element to chaos uh, in whatever she does. But, like, that's kind of what it makes her fun, honestly. This is a business not an entertainment show but if you just live one of the things that she's taught me so far is that if you just live for if you just live in the strictest of means if you don't find a little bit of joy in the chaos that is life that that's why i hired the engineer <laughs> see what i did there <laughs> see what i did there uh Thank you. Thank you. Ah, uh, yes, your engineer. I don't think uh, I don't think he and I uh worked out too well. That's all right. We pay him proper. He'll work out if we tell him to. But let me let me tell you this, Mr. Tall. Let me tell you this. Flossie might bring 
chaos to whatever she's doing. But she also brings goodness. She is a beautiful and amazing person. And if it wasn't for what was going on, I wouldn't ask what I'm asking for. She might be your beautiful, amazing person. But what I see is a child that's going to need rearing. And I ain't a parent. I mean, yet. Anymore? But. She might be young, but I promise you that she's not looking for parentage. So, I don't. So what you're saying is I don't have to raise a not-so-tiny human. Correct. And that she is capable of making not-so-tiny human decisions on her own. Don't swear to that one. <laughs> she, can, she can make adult decisions on her own. Yes. Because let's put it this way. If she wasn't an adult, we would not have the relationship that we have. <laughs> and like Jesse takes a real big <laughs> gulp from the the muck at that one. It's like we would not have the relationship that we have if she was a child. She is an adult who can make adult. That decisions. sounds like something a liar would say. <laughs> but I'll buy it for two cents. So, um, fine. We will accept your bastard onto the ship. It's a non-gender term. Now, I'm taking it back. Fuck you. We'll accept your bastard onto the ship as a person that can hang out for at least a month and a half. And we will make the adjustments from there. You crafty, midget-loving son of a bitch. Eh, I've been called worse. Fair enough. Thanks for the scotch. I appreciate it. It's quite tasty. Apparently, it's also very strong. Don't you judge me. This podcast is sponsored by World Anvil. Light, Light up, up the, the forge. forge. And use our code CONSOLE at dieharddice.com for 15% off your next order of dice. That's C-O-N-S-O-L-E. For information about this and other episodes, including show notes, social media links, and more, please visit our website at chaoticgoodnesspodcast.com. Want access to subscriber-only perks, such as bonus content, Discord server access, World Anvil partnership benefits, and other swag? Click on the donate link at nerdsmith.org for details. Thank you for listening to the Chaotic Goodness Podcast. Come back next Monday more chaos. Monsters. Savages. Abominations. Eighty years ago, the great kingdoms of the land above drove all monstrous creatures from their domain and claimed the surface of the world for themselves. Those that escaped the slaughter were driven deep underground, banished forever into the lightless reaches of the dark below. In this endless labyrinth of stone tunnels and caverns, 
their descendants still fight to survive. And she's going to pretend that she's a fan of this dragon. She's going to be, she's going to say, um, Oh my gosh, I have heard of you before. And I am just so happy that you're actually real. And we actually found you. We've been looking for you. that's flattering. I look at Oneron, salute, and then go back into the shadows. Yeah, sure, make it look so easy. <laughs> she gets angry and she just finds Dyer and just tries to like attack them with it. One of this creature's massive clawed hands grabs hold of your wrist. The cub yet has strength. Come explore a world where sunlight is a myth and monsters may become heroes. Discover new episodes of The Land Above every Monday on nerdsmith.org, Podbean, or wherever you download podcasts. A proud member of the Nerdsmith Network.